Father, thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. Lord, we thank you for your grace and mercy in our lives. We are nothing without you, Lord, but through you we can do all things. We thank you that we have Christ. We thank you for the salvation that we have in him. Lord, we thank you that you've washed us as white as snow. We thank you, Lord, that as our country celebrates a holiday Thanksgiving later this week as we celebrate it as well, Lord, that we will remember that we celebrate Thanksgiving every day, that we can be thankful for what Christ has done for us, for dying on the cross for our sins, for rising on the third day and proclaiming victory over sin, over death, over Satan, Lord. We pray that we would cling to that truth today, that we would cling to your word, that it would resonate in our hearts, Lord, that nothing in our lives would compare to us knowing you, to, to compare to us loving you, to compare to us sharing your gospel, Lord, and getting your word out to this lost and dying world. Help us, Lord, to get our eyes off of ourselves and onto others. And as Nico shared in Philippians 2, Lord, the passage that so beautifully shows how Christ came down and humbled himself, Lord, and it talks about esteeming others more highly than yourselves, Lord. And so help us to do that today. So, Lord, impress your word upon our hearts. Speak to us. And may you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of today's teaching is How Could We Not Give Him Thanks? How Could We Not Give Him Thanks? I was deliberating on whether or not to continue on a series we started last week talking about bearing the fruits of the Holy Spirit, bearing the fruit of love and joy and peace. And instead, as Thanksgiving is soon approaching us quicker than I thought it would, I thought it would be good to step back and do a message on Thanksgiving. And depending on what study you look at, and on the internet, I was looking at several studies, and most of them said the same thing. Christmas, at least for now, is America's favorite holiday. Thanksgiving, in most polls, is a second, is a close second. And according to a CBS News article titled, Poll, Which Holiday is the Best?, it states, quote, according to a Harris poll, Christmas came out on top for U.S. adults, followed by the uniquely American holiday of Thanksgiving. Third on the list is Halloween, then Fourth of July, Easter, New Year's, Memorial Day, Labor Day. Number nine, people said my birthday. And number 10 was Valentine's Day and Hanukkah. Now, by God's grace, in my life, Christmas and Thanksgiving, I have so many great memories. Memories of eating too much turkey and stuffing I wasn't really a fan of. I don't know about you guys, but I ate so much pumpkin pie growing up that I no longer really like it. I haven't had it in many years. But Thanksgiving was just a time of feasting and, and celebrating and playing football and then watching football typically and then trying to keep my, my eyes open as I watched football. And they would say it's because of the tryptophan, right? And then I've been reading other studies, and they're saying, well, when you eat a ton of carbs with a lot of fat and meat, then it makes you really sleepy, and it's more likely that than the tryptophan. But whatever it is, Thanksgiving, Christmas, a joyous time of celebrating with family and friends, eating a lot, and hanging out. The Bible has a lot to say about Thanksgiving. Not the holiday that we celebrate in our country, but the thankful posture of our hearts toward God for who he is and for what he's done for us. And you can't make it very far in the Bible and especially in the Psalms before running into exclamations of thanksgiving. It's everywhere. And it seems I can't go through a message lately 
without talking about these many of these psalms. Psalm 717, I will give thanks to the Lord according to his righteousness. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. Let me give you a sample of some of these psalms. If I was to go through all of them, we probably wouldn't make it to Five Guys Burger on time. That's how many are in the psalm. Psalm 9 verse 1, I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. Psalm 18 49, Therefore, I will give thanks to you among the nations, O Lord. I will sing praises to your name. Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart exults, and with my song, I shall thank him. Psalm 30, verse 4 and verse 12. Sing praise to the Lord, you his godly ones, and give thanks to his holy name that my soul may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Psalm 33, 2, give thanks to the Lord with the lyre, L-Y-R-E. Sing praises to him with a harp of ten strings. Psalm 35, 18, I will give thanks to you in the great congregation. I will praise you among a mighty throng. Psalm 44, 8, in God we have boasted all day long, and we will give thanks to your name forever. Psalm 45, 17. I will cause your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore, the peoples will give thanks forever and ever. Psalm 52, 9. I will give you thanks forever because you have done it, and I will wait on your name, for it is good in the presence of your godly ones. Psalm 54, 6, and 7. Willingly, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name. O Lord, for it is good, for he has delivered me from all trouble, and my eye has looked with satisfaction upon my enemies. We're just scratching the surface. We could go on and on throughout the Psalms and throughout the scriptures, these exclamations of thanksgiving to God. The Psalms triumphantly proclaim the one who made us, his righteousness. He's the God of wonders, He's the God of salvation. He's the deliverer. He's the God of strength. He's the protector, the holy God, the one who keeps his word and can be trusted, the God who is good and who is light, and in him there is no darkness at all, the scripture tells us. So the psalmist proclaims, I will give thanks forever. And it's not only the psalmist. First Chronicles 16.34, Second Chronicles 5.13, 2 Chronicles 7.3, Ezra 3.11, all proclaim the statement, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His loving kindness endures forever. You see, that, you see this phrase all throughout the Old Testament. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His loving kindness endures forever. It's a great proclamation. Our country might celebrate this one day Thanksgiving throughout the year, but we as Christians celebrate Thanksgiving every single day, morning and night. It's time, is a time to give thanks to God. Ephesians 5.20, Paul says, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 through 18, rejoice always, pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 1-2, 1 Thessalonians 2-13, 2 Thessalonians 1-3, 2 
and 2 Thessalonians 2.12 all speak of giving thanks to the Lord always. Paul says, give thanks to God always. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, for this reason we also constantly thank God. On and on he goes, we constantly, we should always give thanks to God. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm 119.62. He says, at midnight, I rise to give thanks for your righteous laws. In the middle of the night, midnight, he rises to give thanks to the Lord. Do you ever get spiritually attacked at night? You ever sleeping? It's dark. All these thoughts are racing through your mind the next day, possibly. Whatever's going on in your life, and it can turn into anxiety, the cares of this world pressing upon you. What do you do with those things in the middle of the night? Do you rise like the psalmist and give thanks to the Lord? Or do you meditate on the cares and affairs and trials and tribulations and struggles and anxieties and worries of this world? I love Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. You want your heart and your mind guarded? Give thanks. Wake up in the middle of the night and give thanks to the Lord. He could have just said with prayer and supplication, and he could have left out thanksgiving. With prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God, right? He includes that key word, thanksgiving. Do you remember Daniel? Do you remember when he opened those windows towards Jerusalem and he was praying to the Lord, as it said, three times a day? He heard that this edict was signed. He heard what would happen if he petitioned or prayed or worshipped any other person or God than Darius. His companions, these commissioners came against him. They couldn't find any fault in him. But they knew that if they wrote up this law, that they could get him. What does Daniel do? In Daniel 6, 10, we're told that Daniel continued to pray three times a day. He opened the roof chamber towards Jerusalem, kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had done before. Praying and giving thanks. He knew what was going to happen. He knew he was going to get thrown into the lion's den. He knew those scoundrels, if you will, were right there watching his every move, ready to report to Darius what he was doing. Can we give thanks in all things? What if we were to be thrown into a lion's den? What if something like that were to happen to us? Would we continue to pray and give thanks, or would we worry and become anxious? That's my prayer today, that in all things we would be able to give thanks no matter what life brings our way. Because the temptation can be when life gets difficult to turn to complaining, to turn to worry, to bitterness, to ungratefulness, to be unappreciative, but we have so much to be thankful for. According to an article, be grateful and live longer in a happier life, in a happier life it states, quote, being thankful improves our physical health. In addition, our relationships improve. We are more resilient. We sleep better. We are more satisfied in general. Studies have constantly found that gratitude and positive emotions benefit physical health 
and coping and can also help individuals deal with daily stressors. Stress is the culprit of so many health issues, yet the simple act of feeling thankful can combat it. It goes on to state, being thankful produces several benefits. Firstly, by being grateful, you'll just be happier. In a recent study, people who journaled 10 items they were thankful for each week were 25% happier than those who did not. Don't you love it when science and the wisdom of this world catches up with the Bible? So cool. Thousands, perhaps millions of dollars are pumped into these studies year after year to show what the Bible already teaches us. The blessed person is the thankful person. Psalm 34, 12 through 14, let him who means to love life and see good days refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking guile. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. You want to live a long life? You want to live the blessed life? Seek peace and pursue it. How do you seek peace? How do you pursue it? With prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ. Do you want to have peace? Cry out to God. Be thankful for all he's done for you. And God's peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. I love reading biographies, Christian biographies. I read the journals of John Wesley some time ago. I was checking back up on them this morning. He talked about when he was 70 years old, he preached to 30,000 people outdoors, and he didn't have one of these either. I, I can't comprehend how they reached that many people outdoors. 30, Staples Center fits about 18,000 people last time I checked. 30,000 people out in a field, and they can all hear you? It's amazing. And I was going through his biography, 250,000 miles he rode on horseback, 40,000 sermons preached, preached until he was 87 years old. You read some of the journal articles, and there's many of them. There's a PDF online to where you can read all his journal articles over the 40 years that he journaled. NTSlibrary.com has the PDF. One of them is titled Mobbed by Masons, The Blasphemous Troops, A Rough Voyage, Wesley Covered with Mud, The Earthquake at Madeleine, and so he, he's just chronicling all these things. Today I preached over here and there was an earthquake. Then I went over here and the Masons mobbed me. But then I got on horseback and went over here and preached to a group of 30,000 people. And he preached three times a day for 40 years. It's just amazing when you read some of these biographies, what men and women were able to do for the Lord. Quite amazing. D.L. Moody, I was reading a biography of his recently. And it stated that every day he tried to witness to at least one person. He made it his goal in life. I will not go to bed at night without witnessing to at least one person every single day. And one night he laid his head on his pillow. He was getting ready for bed. And he goes, I haven't witnessed to anybody. It's like 10 or 11 at night. He goes, oh man. He goes to get his coat on. He goes outside. It's pouring rain. He goes, oh no, I need to get an umbrella. Who am I going to find out on the streets this late at night? And sure enough, there's this guy walking by without an umbrella. And so he walks by, with, and the guy says, can I get under the umbrella with you? He goes, absolutely. And he goes, just as this umbrella is shading us from the, from the rain, are you shaded from the wrath of God? Well, and he starts this conversation about Jesus, and then the guy gets saved. And you're like, these are just, this, some of these stories, it's like, did they really happen? The faith that these men had to be able to trust the Lord. And I just want some of that in my life. I pray that you do as well. 
that you have that faith that can just say, Lord, I trust you, I believe you, and then to see his actions and his work in the world. That's our hope today when we're handing out tracts. That should be our hope every day. Lord, let my light shine before men in such a way that they may see my good deeds and glorify you in heaven. That faith that we should have with expectancy. George Mueller is another biography, another man that I've been reading into and about lately. I want to talk about him for a couple minutes because I believe it ties into the message on Thanksgiving. He's a man who lived to the age of 92, pastored a church for many years, primarily known for caring for over 10,000 orphans during his lifetime. He established 117 Christian schools for some 120,000 students. And then at the age of 71, he decided to set out on a 17-year missionary voyage across the world. So if you're 70 years young, it's time to just get started, okay? That's when most, you know, retire, slow down a little bit. He said, no, 71, it's time to pick up the pace. It's time to get the gospel to the unreached peoples of the world. And he went around for 17 years and continued to preach the gospel to over 42 countries. And he gave a sermon when he was 90 years old from Philippians 4, 4 through 7. And that's why I wanted to include him today because I was looking at Philippians chapter 4, 4 through 7. And he gave this sermon titled, How to Live the Happy Life. Because that was really important to George Mueller. He would say often, the first and great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day was to have my soul happy in the Lord. Every day he woke up and he said, I want my soul to be happy in the Lord. He said the first thing wasn't, okay, I've got to do this for the Lord today. I've got to do that. He said the first thing was always, Lord, I want to be joyful in you. I want to be thankful in you. I want to be happy in you every day. He stated in this sermon, for more than 70 years, I have not been anxious. I have rolled my burdens on to the Lord, and he has carried them for me. For 70 years, he talks about having this peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. And he's pleading with his parishioners, those people that he was preaching to, that they could have this peace as well. And so how was he able to do so much for the Lord, live a long, blessed life, touch so many people with the gospel and have this peace? He states, it's a yielding of your life to God in persistent prayer and an attitude of thanksgiving. When talking about persistent prayer in this sermon, he says ordinary prayer and oft-repeated prayer is not enough. We must ask in a way that a beggar asks for alms and pursues us sometimes 50 yards and not let us go till he gets something given to him. In a way, something like this, we have to bring our matters before God in order to have the blessing. He shares a story, an illustration in this sermon that when he wanted to begin this orphanage, he cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, there's so many orphans here on the streets, thousands of them, I want to reach them. And he said, God placed on my heart to, or to open this orphanage. So he prayed about the money coming in, the finances. He prayed about workers coming to help. He prayed about furniture, and he prayed for a building. And he said, one by one, these all started coming in. The money started coming in, the furniture was dropped off, the building came in, and everything was just clockwork. And he was like, okay, this is the Lord's will. So he set out for a couple hours and he was waiting for the orphans to show up after everything was in place. And he sat there for two hours and not one application came in. Not one orphan came in. 
And in this story, he shares about how he was convicted because he never asked God for the orphans. He prayed about everything else, but he didn't pray about that. And he was talking about this in the context of Philippians where it says, in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, in everything with prayer and supplication. He goes, I didn't pray about everything. So he went home and for two to three hours, he laid prostrate on the floor and he cried out to God and he confessed, Lord, I haven't prayed for orphans. And he goes, if you want to humiliate me, if you want to just put this all to an end, then I'm okay with that, Lord. Forgive me for not praying for orphans. So he cried out to the Lord. He got up and at 11 a.m. the next day, the orphans started pouring in. Then 42 within the first couple months and then over 10,000 in his lifetime he was able to care for because in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So he states in this sermon, it must be done with thanksgiving. So to speak, we have to lay a good foundation with praise and thanksgiving and then build on this prayer and supplication for whatever our position in life, however great, and varied and manifold our trials and afflictions may be, there is abundant reason for thanksgiving. He gives reasons such as the Father is with us. The Son is with us and will never leave us nor forsake us. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us, and we have the word of God. He goes, this should be enough for us to always give thanks. He closes the sermon by stating, if you will allow me again to refer to my own experience, I could tell you what a peaceful happy man that I have been these 70 years. He was converted around 20. He's sharing this sermon at 90. He says, for 70 years, I've had this peace. And he says, and every one of my beloved brethren and sisters in Christ who have not yet habitual peace may have it too. Therefore, I comment so continually on this. He was so set that everyone would have this peace. He goes, I've known it for 70 years and I know you can too. Be persistent in your prayer. Be needy before God. Live a thankful life before him. And make it your aim to be happy in the Lord every day. Now the question is, do you think that Mueller, that everything just went well for him in his life so that he could say at 90, I'm at peace and I'm a happy man because everything just went my way? No, that couldn't be further from the truth. His first wife gave birth to two stillborn children. His only brother died when he was 33. His father died two years later. His wife, Mary, died sometime after that. Years later, his daughter died. He outlived her, and then he outlived his second wife and performed her funeral. Despite all these setbacks, he remained grateful for what the Lord had done for him in Christ. And this grateful heart led him to 70 years of peace. And that's my prayer for us. We all have setbacks in life. We all have trials. We all have crazy things that have maybe happened to you and myself. But God wants us to have a peace, a peace that passes understanding to always give thanks for who he is and for what he's done for us. As Christians, we know that we have so much to be thankful for, right? We know Romans 8, 1. There is no condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We know that we are his children. Romans 8, 16. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. 
We know that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Romans 8, 26 and 27, when we don't know how we should pray as we ought to, but the Holy Spirit intercedes with groanings too deep for words. That's how we should get. A place where we're so needy, just crying out to the Lord. We don't even know what to say at times. Just, Lord, I need you. I need your help. I need your peace. Holy Spirit, speak through me. Intercede for me. We know that God causes all things to work together for the good, for those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. We know that we've been foreknown, predestined, called, justified, and glorified, as it states in Romans 8, 29, and 30. We know that if God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8, 31. We know that if God did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how will he not freely give us all things? We know that, right? We know Romans 8.33, that no one can bring a charge against God's elect. We know that Jesus died and rose again and and is at the right hand of the Father and interceding for us, Romans 8.34. And we know that no one... No thing, no person, no demon, no angel, no, nor tribulation, nor distress, nor persecution, nor famine, nakedness, sword, death, life, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus and that we overwhelmingly conquer through him. Romans eight thirty five through 39. We know these things, don't we? We have so much to be thankful for. So much that the world does not have, we have. And it should be reason for giving thanks every moment, every day, midnight, morning, at night, whenever it is. These reasons and many, many more are reasons that we should give thanks to the Lord. And so the psalmist proclaims, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary. We have a hope that the world can't be, it can't be contained. We have a joy that's inexpressible. We have a peace that's incomprehensible. We have a love from God in Christ that should drive us to our knees in humble adoration. How could we not praise him? How could we not give thanks? So that's my plea for us today that in everything that we would give thanks for what God's done for us in Christ. Amen? All right, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. We have so much to be thankful for. Lord, would you forgive us for not crying out to you in thanksgiving more? for not being thankful as we should for what Christ has done for us. Lord, help us to love you with our whole hearts, souls, mind, and strength. Help us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Help us to prepare our hearts, Lord, for later today as we fellowship, seek your face, and share your gospel. We pray, Lord, that we would bear much fruit for your kingdom. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.